Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Emily Ratajkowski details being groped by Robin Thicke while filming the Blurred Lines music video in 2013. Plus, Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Schumer march for women's rights, why everyone's talking about Netflix's Squid Game, and Elizabeth Hurley stops by to spread the word on Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's October 4th. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to People Every Day. It's Monday, and I'm feeling bubbly. My amazing in-laws are in town, so the hubby and I got out of the house this weekend and attended the Vouve Clicquot Polo Classic, which, if you don't know, is an annual outdoor champagne-fueled polo match full of sun and stars. Charlize Theron, Gabrielle Union, I saw Kiki Palmer getting it on the dance floor. (laughs) Good times were had. Well, on to the news. I want to start with some stars who were out and about for an important cause this weekend. Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Schumer were among the thousands who took to the streets across the nation to march for women's reproductive rights. They attended the rally for abortion justice in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, and Amy Instagrammed a photo of the two of them with the caption, I don't have a uterus, and she is pregnant, but we out here. (laughs) She's referencing the fact that she recently had her uterus and appendix removed due to a long struggle with endometriosis. And her pal, Jennifer, is indeed expecting her first child with her husband, Cook Maroney. During the march, Schumer held up a sign that read, abortion is essential, while Lawrence's read, women can't be free if they don't control their bodies. Powerful stuff. So, You have to forgive me in advance for this segue, but it's hard to think of Jennifer Lawrence and not think of her hit movie franchise, The Hunger Games, right? Which is what everyone is likening Netflix's newest hit show to, Squid Game, which I'm sure you've heard of is a Korean thriller series directed by Wang Dong-yak, and it is currently number one on Netflix and is poised to surpass Bridgerton as the streaming service's most watched show. And yes, everyone is saying it's giving them Hunger game vibes. Uh, It involves people and debt and games and, well, I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) So take a listen to a spoiler-free breakdown from my colleague Diane Cho, who has watched it and she's obsessed. Take it away, Diane. If you spent any time on social media over the weekend, you've definitely heard of Squid Game or Ojinga Game, the new Netflix Korean original series, which is on track to become the most watched show in Netflix history in any language. On the show, which premiered on September 17th, 456 contestants who are drowning in debt are recruited to participate in a mysterious competition comprised of violent version of children's games to win a hefty cash prize. Now the show itself is completely unhinged. Each game is simple enough to understand, but the stakes are extremely high and the volatile cast of characters make it a lot harder to compete without getting eliminated. Okay, okay. I am adding it to my list. I'm convinced. (laughs) Now, 
Moving on to another story that's bubbling up in the news. Uh, do you remember the wildly popular Robin Thicke song, Blurred Lines? Of course you do. Well, there was a lot of controversy when the song was first released back in 2013, and now it's still making headlines. Despite many music critics saying it glorified rape culture, the song went on to break several records, topping the music charts for months. The music video for the song was released on March 20th of that year, with the unrated version releasing eight days later. To give you some background, the unrated version features three women performing topless. I mention all of this because model and actress Emily Ratajkowski, one of the main women featured in the video, is speaking out about an incident that happened on set with singer Robin Thicke. Also, I just want to add that the following content will detail accusations of sexual assault. Uh, People's Charlotte Triggs is here to talk about this with me. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, Janine, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, wow, this one is kind of hard to get into. So talk to me a little bit about what Emily is sharing now, all these years later. Okay, so of course you'll remember she was the most prominently featured person in the video. And even in the actual video that what the, you know, the main official video that was sort of more PG, Mm -hmm. she was topless for a lot of that. And she was the only one who was topless for a lot of that. So so she is saying that while she was topless on the set, um, Robin Thicke groped her breasts and that she was super shaken up about it and that the female director, it was actually a woman who directed the shoot, you know, intervened to be like, are you okay? And they nearly kind of shut down production over it. And that he, she says that he was clearly like drunk and apologized for his behavior in the moment, but very obviously didn't recognize the impact that it had on her in the moment. Yeah, so in her upcoming book, My Body, Emily writes in detail about the exact moment. She writes, Suddenly, out of nowhere, I felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hands cupping my bare breasts from behind. And she said, I instinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Thicke. And she goes on to say that while in the moment she tried to minimize what happened, she did feel humiliated. She writes, with that one gesture, Robin Thicke had reminded everyone on set that we women weren't actually in charge. I didn't have any real power as the naked girl dancing around in his music video. I was nothing more than the hired mannequin. So uh, Diane Martell, uh, the director, as we've discussed, put an immediate stop to the incident. Emily decided to keep shooting. But let's talk about the man involved here, Robin Thicke, who we know is no stranger to controversy and, well, problematic behavior. So, Charlotte, let's dig into that a little bit. So he has in recent years, like in the last year, I would say, addressed the fact that he for a long time behaved kind of like a jerk um, and was – you know, having problems with drugs and alcohol and, mm-hmm. like, bad behavior. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, we, we kind of, like, uh, could smell something was up at the time because it's, like, as he was getting divorced, there were rumors that um, of infidelity and drug use and stuff like that. So he's addressed the fact that he went through kind of a period of that and, like, has now tried to be, you know, redeeming himself. He's remarried. He has a young family. They've got three kids. Um, of course, he had a kid with Paula Patton. And that all resulted in kind of a, you know, icky custody battle at yes. the time. Um, so, you know, it's definitely – he's had some dark moments. So let's just give a little backstory on this song that has just been, like, a never-ending um, <laughs> a never-ending saga First of all, it was plagued by this long lawsuit. From the uh, Marvin Gaye estate said that they had like copied his song too closely, and eventually, five years later, after this giant lawsuit, 
they did win um, the Marvin Gaye estate won a five million dollar judgment because they ruled that they had copied the song too closely, um, and it wasn't just an homage to Motown. Blah blah blah. Um, but then it, people started kind of in the wake of Me Too, people started kind of reexamining the lyrics, and um, and Pharrell Pharrell addressed this. He he ha- said that he had trouble understanding it at first, but then when he realized that it's like those are words that men sometimes can use, like in a totally different setting, off to like pressure women into doing things that they don't want to do, that he wished that he had no part in that and was actually, like, for many reasons, he said that he was actually embarrassed to have been part of creating this song and this video. So to me, that's all very important context to, like, understanding the full bundle of what this all was, how it was received at the time versus, like, how it's aged and how people's feelings about it may have changed over time. Well, I, I remember last year, back to Emily, she published an article about fighting to establish boundaries and, and reclaim her own image before. Her photos were among those widely shared when the iClouds of a number of prominent celebrities were hacked back in 2014. And last year, she penned a powerful personal essay for The Cut about her efforts to get ownership over photos of herself, including after a paparazzo sued her for sharing a candid photo that they took of her on her Instagram. This This is her on The Cut podcast. You know, for me, there was a feeling of like all these these guys, some of them who were like super intimate, sort of feeling like they had a right to to my image in a way that, you know, when when you're negotiating a job, it feels really different because you are saying like, for this amount, I will do this. This will be the usage of it. You know, that's like the basics of, Um, modeling. So let's talk about this, Charlotte, because I mean, just on uh, uh, the basic level, she is basically saying that she doesn't matter what she does for money and for, you know, her job and for modeling. Like she owns her body. She owns her image and people should not be taking advantage of that. Totally. I mean, and this can manifest in many different ways, right? It could be like somebody just thinking that they can grope her because she's like, you know, been nude on a video and like, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, someone trying to like pressure her into shooting something that she wouldn't want to shoot for like a movie. I mean, the bottom line is it's like, if she chooses to be nude, that's a, in this case, a business choice. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure there was a contract and everything like that, like annotating like what was on the table and what, you know what I mean? Like, and she's also being paid for that, but that doesn't mean that there's boundaries. Bottom line is that like, Boundaries. Yeah, she decides yeah. what she's doing and uh, and when. Next up, Elizabeth Hurley stops by to share why breast cancer awareness is so important to her personally and still so very necessary today. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam.
Hi, guys. I am back now and joined by a fashion and cultural icon who's known for covering British Vogue five times, as well as Harper's Bazaar, GQ, Esquire, among others. And she's hit the big and small screen in unforgettable roles, such as The Royals, Gossip Girl, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I'm talking about Elizabeth Hurley. It is October, and she is making sure the word continues to go out about breast cancer awareness. Now, the most commonly diagnosed cancer worldwide, and so far in the United States, this one's pretty shocking. There have been over a quarter of a million estimated new cases in 2021 alone. She is here with me now to talk about that and more. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Hi, thank you very much for having me today. So good to have you. Well, I, I said it there, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month where, you know, people traditionally wear pink to show support and you look beautiful in your pink right now. But I feel like a lot of that awareness has come from the work you've been doing for decades. You partnered with Estee Lauder 26 years ago for its awareness campaign. So what is it about this cause in particular that continues to motivate you personally? At the beginning, almost Everybody that I spoke to would have come across somebody else who'd been affected by breast cancer. They could have been diagnosed, their mother, their daughter, their grandmother, the girl they sit next to at work. It was just hitting everybody every year. And I realized that pretty early on. And now, you know, 26 years later, it just it just hasn't stopped. So even though we we have really good news to impart to to people through research diagnosis and treatments and education about breast cancer, all these things have really improved. But it don't, you know, it's still a horrible fact that women are dying of breast cancer still. And, you know, we won't stop until it it has ended. Because, you know, I remember very clearly a world where there was no pink ribbon, didn't exist. Whereas yeah. I know my son, who's 19, he will never have known a world where there wasn't a pink ribbon and where you know, people like me and you are sitting here talking about breast cancer. It just wouldn't have happened. You're right. I mean, you see that you instantly know exactly what that is, what that means, and how that that has affected someone, someone's family. I mean, and, and you've talked about, you know, how this has just affected your family in the past as well. I mean, personally, your, your grandmother um, suffered from the disease. So what does her legacy mean to you in your life today? It, you know, it was it was terrible. My my grandmother was um, diagnosed in the early nineties in a time where nobody spoke about breast cancer. Nobody knew much about it. She didn't know much about it. We she didn't want to share her story with us because she was scared and she was mm. embarrassed. And you know, I felt as a family we weren't supportive to her because we weren't involved. Nobody mm. was involved in people's cancer treatments at that stage. It was. Yeah. It was just a subject which wasn't spoken about. So I think knowing that is what happened to her all these years going forward, it could have been so different. She could have heard all the messaging. She could yeah. be self-checking every month. She could have ran to the doctor when she felt a lump. She might have lived, you know. Yeah. Knowing all that means that you don't want other people to be in what seems like the dark ages for breast cancer in a way. Yeah. You just really want other now to have all the support they can get, to have all the information they can get, to have the treatment that's right for their cancer, to talk it through with their friends, have people holding their hands during their chemotherapy, have people understanding what they're going through and baking for them, taking their kids yeah. out, 
helping them, yeah. vacuuming, whatever it takes to help. All these things we've learned from, from the brave women that have come forward really and talked about it. I think women who are diagnosed today, they get a lot of support from talking to other women. That was Elizabeth Hurley discussing Breast Cancer Awareness Month. For more on this story, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. We all know Lin-Manuel Miranda as the multifaceted Hamilton star, but who knew he was also the star of The Excuse? No, it's not a new movie he's directing, but the reason a high school student skipped school. So while in Atlanta last Thursday, Miranda was the guest of honor at Tamara Stevens' home for lunch. And her son Luke, a student at Centennial High School, couldn't miss the occasion, so he missed school for it. To help Luke prove the reason he was cutting class, the star did something he's oh so good at. He got in front of the camera and pressed record. Take a listen. Ms. Rossner, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm sorry uh, he can't be in U.S. history class right now, but he's with me. We're going to go over Bill of Rights. <laughs> so Luke sent the message to his U.S. history teacher, Miss Rosner, and I think she was more pumped than he was. She responded, OMG, I'm freaking out during the test and I can't scream because they are concentrating and I am freaking out. Ah! And that wasn't all. She said, tell him I just saw the show for the first time and I love it. We will be using his songs tomorrow to teach about Washington's precedents and the cabinet battles. Does he want to be a guest lecturer tomorrow? (laughs) One thing's for sure, Luke is now the coolest kid in school. This totally beats me cutting class in junior high to see Ray J at the mall. Did I just say that out loud? (laughs) Talk to you guys tomorrow. And don't forget to subscribe to People Every Day on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.